Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become the confident leader and take your business and your life to the next level. Today, I am very pleased to have Eric Wolwind on as my guest, and let me tell you about Eric. So he has been a full-time real estate investor for over two decades. He has repositioned over a thousand units, including single and multifamily residential properties, as well as multiple types of commercial properties. He still controls hundreds of these. He has written multiple number one best-selling books, including Family Success Triangle. Using what he teaches, both his kids started their buying real estate when they were seven years old without any money or credit from their parents. Both of his sons have purchased enough assets to be financially free before they were old enough to drive. The family continues to invest and travel North America, speaking, learning, and growing together. Now they focus on teaching others to integrate their business, family, and investing so they have more freedom. The goal is for everyone to have financial time and location freedom. I chose the theme for today to be, if I can do it, so can you. Please join me in welcoming Eric Wolwind as my guest. Hello, Vicky. Eric. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's just a mm -hmm. pleasure to talk to you. In fact, now that I hear where you're from, we were just speaking down in the Atlanta area about a month ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, next time you come by, you should visit. We'll have lunch. All right. We'll do that. Atlanta is a great place. I am originally from Pittsburgh and we moved here in 86. So I actually have lived in Atlanta longer than I lived in Pittsburgh, but uh, I love- Well, I was uh, your neighbor in Pittsburgh. We're from Canton, just about oh, a yeah. hour drive away. Yeah, really. Yeah. So we were in the Trafford, Monroeville area and um, my parents and, and sisters and brothers still live, uh, some of them still live in the Irwin um East McKeesport area. Sounds good. Yeah. So we'll be seeing them in a couple of weeks. All right. So I always start with an easy question, which is where do you live? So you gave us a hint. But... We're there. We're out on a farm. We have an orchard and a pond oh. and just uh, outside the city of Canton. Very nice. Yeah, that's uh, I think people don't appreciate having that land, but um, it, it's really a great way. My my parents, where they live now, is actually on 10 of the 50 acres my grandparents had. 
and uh, sadly they sold off for the other 40 um, when my grandmother passed but it was so nice growing up to be able to just go and hang out with 30 of my <laughs> relatives right we had a, a ball field we had um we played football had a huge garden and then um we walked through the woods all the time and that's where i got i think to be so contemplative and and enjoy just quiet and kind of centering myself whenever things were kind of going crazy yes we do a lot of speaking in big areas and it is always nice to go home yeah we just a couple nights ago we had some friends over and we just laid on the out in the field and watched the meteor shower oh how cool ah. yeah i often um tell my grandsons that just let's just lay on the ground and look at the clouds because clouds are the, the coolest thing out there. But a meteor uh, shower is pretty cool too. <laughs> we spend a lot of time looking at clouds. We just go up and punch holes through them. Yeah. <laughs> so training one of my, my 13 year old to be a pilot right now. So nice. I saw that in some of the photos as I was doing research on you. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty cool thing to do with your kids. I mean, I think most of what you're doing, which is why I wanted to interview, I think is really um, impactful. A lot of times parents do their thing to try to provide for their family and their kids don't even know what the heck they do. You know? Right. You've got to spend time with your children. And mm -hmm. so many people try and balance that Yeah. and say, oh, well, I want to make enough money and provide a good life. And yeah, you absolutely need the money. I am a big fan of business and making money and not at the expense of giving yeah. your life away 80 hours a week and never seeing your children. Yeah. You've got to find a way to do both. And that's what we teach. Awesome. All right. Let's get into this then. So people could figure out how they might be able to do this too. So how did you begin? What, what did your journey look like as you just were starting out and and what led you to understand that you needed to integrate family with business? It probably looked a lot like everyone else's past looks like. In the future, you think you can plan everything out and be perfect. And it never, ever turns out that way. You end up being pushed. I was sure I was going to be a doctor. I was a medic in the army. My degree's in pre-med. And then I was a high school teacher teaching anatomy and physiology. Mm. And then I worked ambulances on squads and in emergency rooms for 13 years. Wow. And then I got into real estate and then I had children. And it seems totally disjointed when I say it like that. But each one of these different professions or education helped me to be better at the next thing I had to accomplish in my life. Yeah, And I think everybody listening, they just need to realize that the terrible things that are happening to you today, they are making you strong enough and giving you the education you need to be what you are going to be tomorrow. That's really a great piece of advice. And I think we do tend to think of all of the the terrible things or the things that aren't going the way we want them to go. And have that woe is me or what, you know, I don't know, call it a pity party on ourselves. But it really is, as you said, at each one of those things, it, it trial or challenge is really making you stronger and it's educating you and um, 
and look at it as, as a blessing. Exactly. I've always taught my kids every time. First off, you're going to fail. This is not school. It is not you got an A or an F. You get knocked down. You just get up one more time. That's how business goes. Not every investment is going to be a 10 bagger. You are going to make mistakes and you will probably lose money. Learn from it. And as long as you learn either another way to hedge your bets or another way to look at management or whatever it is that you're putting your money into, that is going to make you stronger in the future. Yeah. So tell us more about um, the family success triangle. You have that book. But um, how did you come up with that premise? There's, there it so, is. There we go. Uh, first off, you know, be, do, have. You cannot have what you want. Everybody wants to have what we have. Well, you need to do what we did to get here. Mm -hmm. And some of the things you might not like are we had just got married, my wife and I, actually almost <laughs> exactly 23 years ago today. Wow. And we were sleeping on a mattress on a warehouse floor. We chose to put every penny that came in into turning that worn down mattress without heat in Ohio into a three bedroom, two bath home that we lived in. Wow. Put a garage underneath and the lessons that we learned there allowed us to rehab a couple more properties and rent them out. Next thing I know, we were, I was 30, she was 28 and we had enough money coming in. We never had to work again. And since then, we have rehabbed more than a thousand more properties. Wow. But it all came from the hardship we went through when we were kids and just barely got married. Yeah, I think it. You know, it's almost like the the person who's the big famous movie star or singer. Everybody thinks you know overnight it happened, but it it really is a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and and doing things that. Um, they wouldn't want to repeat again, but they really were lessons uh, being taught. Absolutely. And you just, it's the small inconsequential things. Yeah. People always say things to me like, well, I can't start investing. I can't even buy my own home. I don't have any money. Somebody just put on, I think it was Instagram a couple of days ago. How, what, what do you do when you spend 90% of your money just to survive? I said, you're in much better shape than a lot of people. You already have 10% that you don't <laughs> need to buy food. Put that 10% away. It doesn't matter if it's $30 a payday. Buy an ounce of silver. Anybody can start investing with very, very small amounts. My kid started investing when he was five years old. And he wanders in and said, dad, what should I invest in? I said, well, you should invest in the same thing I recommend to everybody else. Invest in what you know. And he thinks about it and says, you know, I really don't know anything but Legos, dad. I said, good, find a way to invest in Legos. And he did. And he found a way to make money with that. <laughs> and he made all kinds of mistakes. And I let him fail over and over and over because it was much better to make mistakes on a $500 investment yeah. than a $50,000 or $500,000 investment. And what he got out of that, he turned into his book, which you brought up, If I Can Do It, So Can You. Mm -hmm. And that's how he started investing. And then the uh, the end of the Family Success Triangle, which is my wife and I's best-selling book, we write about 
how we did this with our children. We didn't try to balance the work life and the family life. We just integrated them. Yeah. We're going to all these meetings. We took them with us mm -hmm. because we didn't have a babysitter or we didn't have the money or whatever your excuse is. I just figured, okay, we'll drag them. And as long as they don't cry, nobody will say anything. And next thing you know, they started to get interested. Mm -hmm. And then they come home and they run around. Make sure if you want to have children sitting quietly in a business meeting, people would always, especially when they're very young, compliment how they could just sit there and say, my kids could never do that. Get them out in the yard playing and running around, get them on the swing set, then bring them in, get them cleaned up and take them to a meeting when they're worn out. <laughs> they sit a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> or just go swimming. Swimming is always they're good the perfect <laughs> example. All right. We have something going on here again. Okay. So how did you um, follow up? So your your son did the Legos, but how did you follow up with, okay, now you did this. What's next? Did you leave it to them to come to you and say, I want to do something else? Or did you say, encourage them, inspire them, whatnot, to, to do something bigger, bolder? I never expected them to do anything like this. And no, I not only didn't encourage them, I just told them you can do anything you want in your life. Mm -hmm. And one of the children, I think the younger one says, you know, I never really knew anybody that had a job. His grandparents were retired and he spends a day or two with grandma. In fact, he's there now every week. And then about every other week, he goes to see the other grandma and my dad. And they were all retired by the time he can remember, some of them before he was born. I haven't had a job since well before he was born. His mom actually is the closest. She runs the real estate brokerage. So she went in there a few days a week to make sure everything was going. Mm. And so he never really thought about, oh, growing up and getting a job. He just knew that we needed money. We're talking. He's been balancing my accounts, reconciling my checking accounts, which I have a significant amount of for all of our different businesses. And I just sat him down and he mm -hmm. wanted to play and I wanted more coffee. <laughs> I said, here, take this piece of paper, match it up to the screen and put a little check mark beside every number you find. And if the number in the bottom right corner turns to zero, you win and I'll buy you ice cream. <laughs> and so then we go out for lunch and get ice cream on the way home and that is how we learned how to play a game it was just like his memory game finding two things that look the same yeah and he did that and started working in my business then i got good at it and it was no longer a game i was like all right kid you want to do he's never got an allowance i don't give him money obviously i buy him food and clothes and whatever Right. But he's just expected to clean up around the house and mow the yard now that he's old mm -hmm. enough and do the dishes. And that's what you do to live in my house. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a good way. I said, all right, you're as good at this as anybody that works for me. I'll pay you what I would pay someone else to do it. And then a few years later, he says, dad, I think I want to buy a house. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have a seven-year-old that wants to buy a house. How do I do that? Is it even legal? Yeah. And we figured out it is. They just started their own LLC and I own 10% of it. 
And then if it comes down to you need an adult to sign a piece of paper, I can sign it. But mm -hmm. they obviously don't use any type of banks. Banks would frown on you being underage. Yeah. Uh, although one bank is telling me they want to refinance an apartment complex that the kids each own 20% of like, <laughs> you know, your teenagers have to sign for this loan because they're 20% owners. I said, yeah, if you can put them on the loan, absolutely. But up <laughs> until that, they have always used private lending and they call their own lenders. Now I don't have anything to do with it. They wow. have bought houses that I have never seen and wow. they go through, evaluate the repairs. It's really nice now that Devin's 16 and can actually drive himself. <laughs> yeah, that always is a good thing. So, and then all these properties are rentals, correct? Right. You, we, so I mean, there's been a handful that if people came up and said, I'll pay you what I consider a ridiculous amount, everything could be for sale mm -hmm. and it is never my goal to sell. So 90% probably of what I've bought in the past, I still own. And do you also, as being, if you will, a landlord, are you teaching your kids how to, um, you know, delegate work. Obviously they're not doing the repair work that I think some of the people that do rental properties or whatnot, they get involved with doing, trying to do everything. And that sometimes doesn't work so well. That uh, is a very polite way to say it. <laughs> I have the main thing I didn't want. I didn't care if they ever took over my business and we have many hundreds of rentals. You can't just step in and do your own maintenance there. Mm. You can't do your own maintenance. You need a professional company. You need a decent amount of people working for you to manage all these things. Mm -hmm. And I didn't care if they ever wanted to do that. I just really didn't want to see them selling off my legacy before I died. Yeah. So I thought, I'm going to teach you how to run a business and if you happen to want to own real estate, I still believe you should run a business to make money, not get a job. Mm -hmm. And then you should take your extra money and invest it. And at least a third of that should go into cash flowing real estate. Yeah. It just is a brilliant success formula. Mm -hmm. And they both got interested. Devin, actually, his third book is coming out. He'll probably end up to be a famous writer. The last one hit number one, like the day after it came out. And he hooked up with Mark Victor Hansen, Chicken Soup for the Soul author. Nice. So he's, uh, oh, he's well on his way. And he's writing a series of books for teenagers to read that introduces business principles to them, as well as his nonfiction book he published a couple years ago. Very cool. Very cool. I'll have to interview him too, because I, I don't know that you know this, but I teach eight through 17 year olds how to be uh, strong speakers and communicators and that would I'm, be wonderful and i'm uh in the process of writing a book um that's all about how important it is to find your voice as a youth that's perfect yes i'll uh make yes, sure you I, get his email when we're done here perfect perfect so what do you do to um really motivate your ch children. I, I know you said they have to do chores and things, which I love and I believe in too, but their friends are all doing probably not what they're doing. 
most likely. So how do you keep them motivated that and and really pumped up and thriving as business owners at this young age and make sure that they still are able to have a, a childhood, if you will, or a, um, teenagers that are still having fun, I guess. Tell them the truth. It's really that simple. Mm-hmm. How many people, what is a childhood? Yeah. My children jump in one of their private airplanes and fly wherever they want when they get bored. And last weekend, we took seven people from that work in a couple of my different companies. And I need to change the oil in the one plane. One of them's an airplane mechanic. I was like, let's all meet up there and I'll teach you about real estate and business. And <laughs> a handful of you work on the plane. Then we'll get in the other plane that'll carry all seven of us. And I'll fly out and buy everybody lunch. And so we flew down to Columbus, which is, you know, two, two and a half hour drive. We're down there and it was a 34 minute flight back. And so they get to see and spend time with all these people. We're taking them to all these different seminars and stuff. And they meet people that are doing what they do, that are writing books, that are investing, even though they're teenagers. Mm -hmm. They started their own group, Millionaires in Training, specifically Uh, for like eight to 24-year-olds. I did Uh, want to talk a little bit about that. We will, but yeah, there's some Mm -hmm. very famous people that are joining up there that are also teenagers that Mm -hmm. have famous parents. And so they get out and they are meeting all of these people from around the world and they're homeschooled. So it doesn't take us six or eight hours a day. Yeah. Get the schooling done in a couple hours. They learn everything they need to because we just don't waste time and we're not mm. working to the slowest member of the class. Yeah. They can go as fast as they want. And the moment they get that work done, then they can go out and have fun and do whatever they want. If that's okay. riding four wheelers on the farm or picking grapes or berries or apples in the orchard mm-hmm. or whatever, they don't really do uh Video games. We don't have yeah. any video games in the house. Yeah. We don't turn our TV on until after nine o'clock, but we do spend a half an hour to an hour reading every single morning. Perfect. Perfect. I always say you should read 10 pages a day. Absolutely. At least uh, of a good book. Uh, uh, you know, uh, not, not only um, rom-coms and things like that, but right. a, a book that will help you to grow as an individual. Yes. So, in all of the things that you have learned over these years, what I know that from reading your bio and things that you have goals, but what are you doing, do you feel, that is going to be helping to make the world a better place? And why is that so important to you? I have, I've started being afraid I wouldn't be a good enough father. And I think that if you have those fears, it means, yeah, you probably don't know enough. None of us did when we had our first child. And you probably will be just because you're worrying about it and trying Mm. to do something. (laughs) So I really focused hard there. And it turned out pretty well. We have successful, well-rounded children that are in martial arts. And they were, the one was in theater Mm. and swimming classes and all these different extracurricular activities. So they have plenty of friends and they can run a business. They don't do it exactly the same way other children might do it. Mm -hmm. 
but they are still out there and well-developed and well-rounded. And then we wrote our book, Family Success Triangle, which was number one on fatherhood for a long time. Mm. And that's what I think the world needs more than anything. Of course, we need moms. And the dads are the ones that aren't always there. I mean, I was more or less raised by my mom Mm -hmm. and my parents got divorced when I was 15, but it was really her that kept me in line and helped me get things. And then later in life, I got, I rekindled my relationship and we had a much better relationship years later, but we did not get along at all. My father and I, when I was a teenager, and I think that we need to give parents the tools they need, especially dads. And they need to stick around. They need to spend more time with their kids and they need to be a role model. I think that will make the world better. And that's one thing I'm really focusing on. Yeah, we could probably have a whole podcast just on that topic. A lot of the kids that I work with are in that single family situation where they don't have a positive uh, male role model. and uh, Which is so, just as bad. Yeah. So I was, that's what I was going to say. Even, even when there's dads that are around, what, what are they teaching or emulating um, for the, the children to become positive and, and citizens that provide uh, a better world for us. And, and so that's, that's kind of what I do, what I do, because I'm trying to make the world a better place too, for my two grandboys who are four and eight. <laughs> well, if you come home from work, whatever that is, yeah. you had mentioned, you know, we have these rentals. If you come home and complain about a tenant that didn't pay rent and how they trashed your house and the toilets backed up and you're going to go over at midnight or you're going to miss dinner again with your family, do you really think they're going to want to have anything to do with that job? Because <laughs> yeah. it's not a business. That's just a job. If you yeah. have to be there and do everything. Yeah. So, of course, our children saw that some bad things happened. But inherently, tenants are good people. I was a tenant. Most of the people in the world are going to be a tenant at some time in their life. Yeah. And, you know, well over 90% of them want to take care of the place and do good things. It's the one to 10% at the bottom of the range, like every other profession that do terrible things. So don't focus on the bad, focus on all the benefits and deal with the bad when it comes up. Yeah. So we, um, as growing, uh, as my kids were growing up, we always rented places for vacation. And that was one of the things that I always instilled in them that this is not our home. And, um, and we have to respect these surroundings and these things but um not all parents do that <laughs> no that is another thing they could learn we would yeah. a big focus is take responsibility yeah so what is your next goal in life we are talking i expect to have a contract today we're starting our own internationally syndicated radio show Awesome. Yay. That's awesome. And I have not told anyone so that Uh, by the time this airs, it should be out. Yeah. You got a a month and a half. So yes. Yes. No, we're, uh, we've been talking and they heard a few of our podcasts and really liked us and offered us a slot. So the entire family will be hosting a one hour radio show. Awesome. That is fantastic. All right, so just uh, some rapid fire, just a couple 
Tell me whenever I say the word word financial freedom, what does um, what does that mean to you? And what do you want our audience to take away from that financial freedom? When you're financially free, you finally have two <laughs> true choice in your life. You can go anywhere you want yeah. with whomever you want, wherever you want. Yeah. You know, for me, a lot of my background is volunteering and giving back. And yeah. for me, financial freedom, that's what that means to me. How can I help others? You know? So. Right. And you, if you're struggling, working nonstop, you can't have the time and you don't have the money to give back. You need to take care of yourself. You need to become free and then you can truly help more other people. So true. And then intergenerational wealth. It is wonderful if you can get rich. And what good is that if it doesn't make your kids and grandkids and great can grandkids lives better? Mm. Too many people earn, you know, use the stereotypical six figures a year, and then they spend most of it, and it barely makes it through their lifetime. I want to mm. set up five generations of wealth. I'm not saying I'm going to give it to the next five generations of my family, but if they prove they don't need it because they are out there doing the right thing and helping people, it will always be there for them so they won't have to work. Yeah, very cool. All right, it's time now for us to share my screen so those that are listening in as well as watching can grab the contact information. If you're listening, uh, you this is my warning to you to get that pencil and paper. As I always tell you, you should have had it from the very beginning. You missed a lot of good content here, but you can always go to my YouTube channel and subscribe as well as the findyourleadershipconfidence.com. All right, so Eric's, website is www.realpowerfamily.com. Again, realpowerfamily.com. He's on Facebook at Real Power Family. Those are initial caps. So capital R, capital P, capital F, Real Power Family. LinkedIn, he's Eric Wolwend. That's E-R-I-C-W-H-L-W-E-N-D. Instagram, he's Real Power Family. X, I'll never get used to this, Twitter. No. <laughs> I'm never going to get used to it. All right, so Eric M. Woolwind, add that M in there. And then YouTube, at Real Power Family, and TikTok is at Real Power Family. And I'm going to turn it over to Eric to talk to you about what his call to action is for you. If you want to be financially free, that is exactly what we teach. And we have a variety of of free resources. I just wrote a new free ebook you can download. It's only 40 some pages long and it will give you the what, where, when, why, how of starting to invest. Maybe you're a little bit more experienced than that. We have a free newsletter that comes out every Wednesday morning. Sign up at realpowerfamily.com for both of these, download them, and we'll send incredible investing newsletters. And we talk about how to eliminate everything you don't need to do, automate and delegate. We talk about inflation and how to use it for you. Mm -hmm. And if you happen to be 8 to 24, 25 years old, my children, Devin and Ethan, Devin became a millionaire before he could drive without ever getting a penny from me. He currently owns close to 50 properties. 
he runs a group with his brother and another guy who is equally impressive and they just teach it will always be free as long as they're doing this they will never have a charge you just log into discord and i don't even understand what they do they only invited <laughs> me one time to be there but if you're in that 8 to 25 year old group go to realpowerfamily.com/mit for millionaires and training and that'll give you the discord link and whatever you need to be part of their group awesome Awesome. All right. So if you have not done so, please get that screenshot right now. And again, if you're just listening in, you can go to realpowerfamily.com. And uh, as always, go to my website or YouTube to be able to grab this information in the show notes. So Eric, it's been just wonderful talking with you. I love what you're doing. And um, I think that this is really something that everybody needs to consider, especially if um, you're in that nine to five job and you, you just don't see a way to ever get ahead, this is a great opportunity for you to maybe dip your toe into something that will be a little bit more financially, uh, allow you to achieve that financial freedom. Just remember, everything new is always scary and seems more <laughs> difficult than it is. And if you keep doing what you have always done, you will keep getting what you have always got. You've That's got to right. get out of your comfort zone. That's right. You know, and, and, and like any good lesson, as soon as you do get comfortable, it's time to push the envelope a little bit further. It sure is. <laughs> awesome. So as always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.